Hi and hello and welcome to the official Good Morning Football Podcast. I'm GMFB fan Dave Damashek, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table live from London which is in England, I believe. Week 7 had it all from a thriller at Wembley to Drew Brees finally getting a win over the Ravens. Let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from Week 7. They are going to go undefeated. Whoa! Yes. I hope you're right. We feel special right to you. Right special? Special? October yeah, token. Go ahead and mark it. Go ahead. Go Freeze and take. It's not because it's a mark fire it. take. And the reason I say that is because if the Rams and that genius coaching staff, we're talking led by McVay and Wade Phillips, look at what can you do to take the Chiefs down? There's a blueprint for that. On the flip side, Chiefs looking at the Rams, is there a blueprint yet mm-hmm. to beat the Rams? No, there isn't. So that's the reason why I say the Rams. I'm going to double down with Nate. You don't hey. know Tom? Let me tell you why. I spoke to McVay this offseason, and I said, what's your biggest regret about how that playoff game went where they lost to the Falcons? He says, I kind of hate the way we finished the season. They put all their bench players in. They lost to the 49ers, and they came limping into the playoffs. I think they go full pedal the entire waves right okay. through February. I don't see a regular season game where they're going to fall apart. That's a game they lose yesterday, a sure. trap game. It wasn't. They blew them out 39-10. They know every game matters. Peter, we have sat here and listened for entire segments. If you have sung the praises of the Superdome and the atmosphere and the volume. That's true. Week 9 at the Saints. I like There's it. been a million segments and a million seasons about this team's going to run. This One team has done it, the Patriots. I think they lose Week 9 to the Saints. I hope they do it. I think they go down the Superdome. Hashtag, Jim, if you, does it feel like a special team, though? to you, the Rams, you always have a special feeling about I got the teams. special feeling. But not a 16 and 0 the Rams. Rams. I got a 14 and 2 feeling. feeling. They rested their starters for a reason in the preseason. Maybe that was to go full throttle. They're a juggernaut. Full octane. They're a juggernaut. That if, Mexico If game. they stay Ooh, healthy, maybe. I do not know what's going to stop Injuries will be the issue yeah, if there are any. That will be the issue. This yeah. is the halfway, midway Crazy. point through the season. So I felt like it was a good time here uh, at the breakfast table in London with mm-hmm. this beautiful view to sort of talk about maybe who needs to make some improvements. Mm-hmm. Who's, who are you starting to worry about going into the second half? Peter, what do you think? I look at that team right there, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I have concerns about the Jaguars coming in and saying they were maybe a one-year wonder, but they started off the season so brilliantly. They beat the New England Patriots. You see the Patriots going head-to-head with the Chiefs and finding a way, with the Bears finding a way. They beat the Patriots, and since that game, have lost three horrendous, horrendous games. Yesterday's outing was embarrassing, and now you flip the the script, and they're coming to London. This is going to be a long road trip, a lot of time together, where things start to fester. Mm. Jalen Ramsey running his mouth all Mm offseason. Everyone kind of laughed it off internally. Now, though, it looks like egg on the face. How do the other teammates feel about that? The quarterback, who they said, well, Blake's one of our guys, right? Look, this isn't the team that you see on paper in August when this is going on on the sidelines. Yannick Ngakwe talking with a teammate, saying, hey, what's going on? This is Dante Moncrief, a new addition, not happy. Mm. The Jaguars, to me, were supposed to contend with the Patriots because they went blow for blow with them last year in the AFC Championship game. They started the season off fine. Something happened, and they're off the rails. And now you take this long road trip. It's supposed to be a bonding experience. If you're at war with each other and you mm-hmm. don't even trust your quarterback, mm-hmm. this could be one of those epic weeks where you look back and say, we never had a shot because that week was so rotten we couldn't recover from it. Jaguars, I have no idea what to expect. Could benching Blake Bortles galvanize them and sort of weirdly inspire confidence as Doug Marone was trying to do in saying nobody's job is safe, get it together? You'd like to think they come out of that and say, hey, no job is safe, anyone can be taken... I don't know, okay? Yeah. Because that locker room is a volatile one, and it's not going good right now. Nate. What about the Super Bowl champions, guys? The Philadelphia Eagles. Last year at this point, they were 6-1. and one. Momentum was high. 
They lost just three games last year. Now they've lost four. They're trying to figure things out. They don't have any momentum whatsoever. Last year, momentum was there. I know people at home saying, hey, this is not college football, college basketball. Why do you care about momentum? The reason I care about momentum is because that type of energy can carry you when things aren't going well. Even when Carson Wentz went down, and the underdog figured out the ultimate mystery mm -hmm. of replacing your quarterback like Scooby-Doo and the gang. The they went out there and figured it out. And the momentum carried them because the game against the Raiders, they beat the Raiders. Nick Foles had 163, one TD, and one interception. That's not, that's not a quarterback playing amazing. In the playoff game where you beat the Falcons, they won that game without Nick Foles throwing a TD pass mm -hmm. because the momentum was there. The energy was there. The confidence is there. They have none of that. All of a sudden, the underdog is droopy dog, and they can't get their buzz going. And that right there is concerning. I know we always talk about the Super Bowl hangover, and I feel like these guys can't re recover from that offseason. Right now, they look hammered and wasted, and the season might be wasted as well. Going into week six, I sat not at this table, but the one in New York, and I said, Bears, don't you lose to the Dolphins because mm -hmm. you're coming off a bye in a beautiful game against Tampa Bay, and the offense showed up, and people are talking about Khalil Mack being the MVP of the National Football League. Don't you lose to the Dolphins in a game that you need to win because they were struggling at that point as well. What do they do? Lose to the Dolphins. Then you lose to the Patriots. They're the team that's worrying me the most right now because – that division's relentless. You've got the Lions winning, what, three of the last four? You've got the Vikings. They've Lions won three straight. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's, he'll be fine. They're getting going over there. And looking at the past two weeks against the Dolphins and the Patriots, they're allowing, like, 35 points a game, 461 yards a game. That defense is falling apart. 18 sacks through the first five weeks, guys. One sack over the last two weeks. None by Khalil Mack, who's not 100%. This is a team who has so much promise. We want them to be so exciting. they got to win. You're right about they that. they got to win. I don't think Khalil Mack came back from Miami. Not the real Khalil Mack. He's banged up. I can't blame him. I feel for him, but it's a different defense. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not being cute here. Do you remember the Titans? I, I genuinely do. <laughs> the movies? Yeah, no, the team. Oh. They played in Tennessee. They were here yesterday, actually. They got to 3-1 and one a few weeks ago, and Taylor Lewan decided to put on his hat and say this. Haven't won a game since. Haven't won a game since. And let me say this. I got to talk with Taylor Lewan yesterday on the field. You did? And he was incredible. Amazing. His attitude was so good. He said, listen, I thought we needed a speech. I thought we needed to get us something going. And then we've laid three eggs ever since. There was two. And then they went on to lose. So I liked it. He wants to win. He's hungry. His intentions were great. But it looks terrible. Because I know Nate's going to get into this later. But Lewan wanting to win and saying Panthers was fine. What in the hell happened at the end of that game? Mm. You, oh, you know, Vrabel wants oh, to go for go two. Ahead and talk about it. That's bro. great. So you're going to go for two. With an empty backfield, yeah. you get a penalty, so you're in the one-yard line, empty backfield. Let me explain something to you. You have one of your tackles is the number eight pick in the draft, Jack mm. Conklin. One of your tackles is Luan, the highest-paid lineman in human history. Derrick Henry, Heisman. Marcus Mariota, Heisman. And you decide with the season on the line to throw a slant to Taewon Taylor, who's 5'11 and had one catch in the game. Mike Vrabel is the king of, of the red zone. He's the guy catching touchdowns yeah, yeah. of all people. I love Vrabel. I root for the Titans. I'm not playing lip service. I yeah. want to see them win. That was garbage. Yeah. A stupid little What's finesse the play in the what back. Do you make the, what you, do you do then? Bruce Arians is sitting on the call. <laughs> Br Uncle Bruce was on fire. He, he said, you go quarterback sneak right here. Give it to Mario. I'll give it some. I don't even care if they didn't run. At least get Mario to running, running out of the yeah. pocket to pass so he can jump and over the top. 
He sits back, empty in back the shotgun. Here, toss, in the shotgun, little little soft toss, they knock it down, ball game. Terrible. If I'm a Titans fan, I want to throw up. They were on the goal line three times because they had the penalty and didn't run the ball once. Derrick Henry's 290 pounds. Give it a shot. I'm worked up about this because I kind of like that Lawan speech. Yeah. But they haven't done jack to back it up. Haven't won a game since. Union Jack. Union Jack. Who was most impressive? Oh, most impressive. I'll jump in. I'm a big Kareem Rush fan. Oh, so I like I, it. I like uh, left-hander. Yeah. But uh, listen, I'll say as far as quarterbacks, though, the most impressive, I'm going with Cam Newton. Yeah. And I was on Twitter because I just showed the Panthers some love, and I said you better watch out for them if you don't believe that you should be checking for them and you check yourself. And Sonny on Twitter said, Nate, I don't know about that. Well, Cam Newton and the Panthers didn't really get started to the fourth quarter. Okay, and my man was balling. All right, through the first three quarters, he had 68 yards. In the fourth quarter alone, my man had 201 and two TDs. And, of course, that jumping pass as he gets hit on that fourth down, I believe this is it right here. This is why the Panthers are so special. For those that think, well, they didn't get started until late in the game, well, sometimes your night doesn't get started until last call. Okay, That's so what I'm saying. It's all about playing wow, well at the right time. Mate. And shout out to Cam Newton. He is finding that rhythm again. We're in the, the, the Wembley Stadium, and I'm talking to a fan who happens to be from Scotland, and I said, who's your favorite player? And he said, Patrick Mahomes. And I said, wow, really, he's such a young guy. And he said, I like what he represents. And I thought that really resonated with me. I like what he represents. He's 23 years old. He is the most huh. gracious teammate. They ask him after the game. He only talks about everybody else. He is a, a former athlete's son, and his mother also played sports. And this guy is so talented that we almost take him for granted right now. Wow. Yeah. 22 touchdowns through eight games. You know the last player to do that? Who? No one! Oh, snaps. <laughs> no one! He's having the greatest first eight games of an NFL season. Peter, what was that guy's name? No one! <laughs> first eight Nobody. games of an NFL career. And I really think he represents the NFL in 2018. He's everything. He can run, he can pass, he can do it all. He's selfless. And he's fun. Yeah. And yesterday, we take for granted because it happened so late. They have 551 yards of offense. And Patrick Mahomes is at the levers. I love this Jeez. kid. Mahomes last night, unbelievable yet again. Mahomes, unbelievable. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins. I love this man. You know, his, his character on our show is the dad. You know, I wish he was coming to London because there would be a lot of jokes about driving on the wrong side of the road and you'd want to make the Royal Guards laugh yeah. and all that. Let me tell you, this guy takes the field. He goes from a great dad to a bad mother. I'm telling you, oh we're seeing God. a different side of Cousins. You're that speech last week, he threw this one at the end. He threw a long, late touchdown pass to Aldrich Robinson they didn't need. He turns into a bad dude, and we're hyping Thielen, as we should. Who's throwing him the rock? It is Kirk Cousins, who is second in the league in passing, behind Pat Mahomes. The Vikings are rolling. It is working worth every single penny. Kirk Cousins, I love you, Dad. I love it. I'm going to go with Drew Brees. This Saints-Ravens game was amazing. Yeah, it was. I loved seeing it, and I loved seeing Drew Brees finally beat the Ravens. He was 0-4 in his career. Mm -hmm. He goes there, gets the win against the number one defense yeah. in the league. They're super stingy, but he led them on some scoring drives to end it. It all went late, of course. Uh, and now he's got th 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions on the year. We all were saying this is the only thing he has left, right? He threw his 500 touchdown pass in this one. Uh -huh. He's got the passing yardage record that's all going on, and that's all fine and dandy, and he has a Super Bowl. What else is there? Beat the Ravens. Oh, wait. Also, you've never been the league MVP. This uh, okay. is really, okay. this is truly the one thing that has evaded the great Drew Brees. He is, this is it. This is his year. Are great to win the MVP? It. Yes. He's, he's completing like close to 80% he of his passes. He hasn't thrown a pick that is he's so stupid. He's not thrown an interception <laughs> yet this crazy. year. Our producer, Pam, asked me, why hasn't Drew Brees won an MVP? And I said, Pam, listen, here's the deal. The years he was great, 
Peyton Manning was great. Yeah. Or Tom Brady was great. And here he is once again in here a season where Mahomes and golf are really Mahomes great. But you got a great point here because they haven't lost since week one. Mm-hmm. And Breeze is shattering records. This might be the Drew Breeze year. Which NFL team is the most under the radar right now? Kyle Brent? I'm going to pick up right there because Peter's got me a little excited about the Detroit Lions. Mm. And I, I feel this way about certain teams. They're one of them. It's like... Don't let the Lions get hot. Just keep them down. Let them be their miserable losses at the end. I look at them so differently with a running game. I feel like it's been my entire adult life since I've seen a game like that. And it's the Lions with Carrion Johnson. It's If you're looking at a beautiful woman or a beautiful man, whatever it may be, and they have all the aesthetics, and they got Stafford, and they got receivers and everything, I feel like Carrion is the substance. It's the personality. It's the background. It's the great family. Okay. It's so wholesome, and it's... I'm not showing you Matt Stafford shucking it off his back foot yeah. to, uh, to Galladay or down to Golden. It's down 40, and Stafford has a huge fantasy game. I love how many times in the history of this program, over 500 episodes, have we shown a long run by a Lions running back? It's a different team, it's a different division. Carry on. How do we feel? We traveled all the way. How do you feel when you got a great carry on? I mean, yeah. right? carry on's got wheels. He fits into tight spaces. You know that stupid bracket you can't even fit your wallet in? Yeah. He fits in it. It fits in, it's, um, it fits in Detroit. It's unbelievable. In Detroit, it certainly had a share of baggage, but yeah. now they got a carry on that works. Yeah. Three of their last four and eight. You can also reach in that carry on and get your headphones to block out the noise because hey, they've been hearing hey. a lot of noise. But uh, a team that has also been hearing a lot of noise, how about those Texans? And what I love about young players in this league is when they go through stuff early. I want you to go through the ups and downs. Sean Watson, he went through it, came in, he stole our hearts, and he's playing so well, playing so fast. Then he gets ACL, goes down, and now he's sitting back and he's watching. He's saying, ooh, I was in the MVP talk. Yep. I was one of the best rookies in the game. Now i got to sit back and wait. Beginning of the season, doesn't go so well. A little rusty, doing too much, some turnovers. He's not making the plays he's supposed to make. After starting 0-3, these guys have riddled up win after win after win mm. after win. Four straight. Mm. First now, place team. The first place team, four straight. Now, Last year when he was going through his high street, he was playing well, but they weren't necessarily winning every game. Now, all of a sudden, these guys are playing a high level. Zero turnovers to the Jaguars three in this one. DeAndre Hopkins playing great. Now, you keep snapping. I like the snap. What I love about Deshaun Watson, though, 12 for 24, 139. Might not blow you away. One TD. Most important set, zero turnovers. Thanks. Beginning of the season, I felt like the young fellow was doing too much. Now he's doing just enough, and he understands just enough can win games. And these Houston Texans who everybody seems to be forgetting about, could be one of the teams that we're talking about in December going into January. You know, it's funny. The the Rams and the Chiefs have these explosive offenses, but I've never seen Patrick Mahomes in a big game. I've never seen Sean McVay win a playoff game. You look around the league here, and there's teams that have this and that, but they might not be young enough. The Carolina Panthers showed me so much yesterday. They were down 17-0 in the fourth quarter in the defending champions building and rattled off 21 straight points to win. And it's not like they haven't done this before. They have been to the Super Bowl with this core. <laughs> and they've had an MVP season from the quarterback. And Ron Rivera is a two-time NFL coach of the year. So if you're looking on paper, do I know if the Chiefs defense is going to step on a big game? I don't know. But I know Luke Keekley is. Do I know if uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be wowed by big lights? I don't know. But I've seen Cam Newton make Fourth a Super Bowl. Fourth and ten, Peter. Fourth and ten. He hits Torrey Smith. Oh, yeah, there a two-time is. Super Bowl Ooh. champion, Torrey Smith. Ooh. They're young. Revenge. They're fun. But they are also experienced mm. and wise and well-coached. And balanced. Like 
Carolina Panthers, when everyone's talking about these other teams, they've got it all. They check every box, and they showed me yesterday a lot. Panthers, my under-the-radar team. I love that. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I mean, there's not many things I argue with people on Twitter about, but yeah. don't come at me about the Chargers because I will clown you, and I bring okay. facts, and I love this team, and I cannot believe what people are saying about them at 5-2. and two, And they're like, oh, they, they beat the Titans. Titans are one of the best defenses in the league. Don't disrespect the Titans' defense. They beat the Browns. The Browns are looking good. Listen, they are 5-2. and two. They're only two losses to the Rams and Chiefs, who are combined 13-1. and one this season. They had Rivers out there putting the team on his back, did not throw an interception in this one across the pond despite traveling, despite Melvin Gordon being a late scratch. They could not run the ball. They won this game without Bosa and Melvin Gordon, who I would argue are their two best players outside of the quarterback position on this team. They keep bringing it. They've got four straight wins. And by the way, over the last three weeks, the number three defense as well. So we're mm. talking about balanced, complete teams that can make a way. Listen, do they beat the Chiefs? No. Can they beat? You know, can they mm. beat the Chiefs? Potentially, if they get Bosa back after the bye, they don't necessarily need to beat the Chiefs to make the mm. playoffs and make a run. They Talk play the it. Chiefs on a Thursday night game in Arrowhead in December. They got a score to settle. I've got such a circle there because Andy yeah. Reid, an amazing stats, and he took over the Chiefs, has never lost to the Chargers. So all this talk is amazing. That's still looming. Of Board course. Got, but, but here's my thing with it. Yep. Yesterday, I'm watching this game, and this is a game that they lose. Yeah. This is a game yeah. that this over was the years? I understand totally. that we have the bias of what they totally. do. This was a nightmare game that they find a way to lose to the Titans late. Didn't happen. They, they stuck it out dealt with the injuries, and got the win. I was talking to a couple of coaches, and I ran to Mike Williams and Tyra Williams. They bumped into me and said, BDE, BDE is real. I said, what's that? Big dude energy. Mm. Anytime you walk in a room, you have big dude energy. Anytime you step on the field, you got a big dude mm. energy. I said it before the season started. This is going to be the best, the best season maybe ever. And I know it was hyperbolic, but it was also true. I mean, this, this NFL season's had a couple cocktails. Like, there's like, <laughs> seriously, it's been up and down, and things have happened that we didn't think would happen. So even just looking at yesterday's games, what is the one moment, the one play, the one thing that you freeze-framed on NFL Game Pass that you were like, this is symbolic of, of just the tumult and up and downs of the season, or this yeah. is just awesome? And let's I start with... Nate. I would say Mike Vrabel, coach of the Tennessee Titans. Talk about it. Too. Um, before the game started, I had the privilege of talking to him. And, you know, I'm a big fan of all these guys, especially the ones that played on the field. And I, I'm talking to him and saying, hey, well, how many times have you been in London? He says, uh, not too many. Not much of an international guy. And I'm like, okay. The vibe I felt, it's a business trip. So when you're on a business trip, just like in the business he was of kicking bleep, he wants to kick butt on the field. So him going for that two-point conversion, I know it didn't work out. And Kyle, early, you articulated it perfectly. He went out there, and they had a chance. They tried a couple of plays, and they get a flag on one. And then the the final play of the game, they try to go over the top to their wide receiver, and it just doesn't work out. But with that said, though, the risk versus reward – you're sitting there, you're down by one, you can go for two, you leave Phil Rivers less than 30 seconds to score a touchdown, go all the way down on the field. I like that. Their season is hanging in the balance. They need to do something. They need to shake things up. And they went out there and put it all on the line. It's similar to the Golden State Warriors. They're shooting threes like crazy. Yep. But the risk versus reward, a three-pointer versus a two, you get an early lead and you could jump on top of teams. I respect it. Of course, I would have loved a different type of play. But, Mike, I feel you, and I loved it. The aggressive nature is great. Uh, the Bucks started the season 2-0. They lost two games, one in their bye, came off and got absolutely slaughtered last week. They fired their defensive coordinator. It's been a miserable month for Buccaneers fans mm-hmm. and for Buccaneers players. And you look at yesterday's game, Chandler Canizaro, this big free agent signing, misses an extra point in the second quarter. Then with four seconds left from 40 yards, <laughs> terrible, misses. So then we go to overtime, and there's less than two minutes left. 
and they can line up for a 59-yard field goal. This is a guy who just missed an extra point and a 40-yarder. A tremendously unsafe decision, and yet he makes it. it. It is the longest field goal ever in the <laughs> history space. of overtime. Ever in the NFL history, the longest overtime, 59 yards. And the thing is, the defensive line coach, Breston Buckner, said, I got you. Jameis Winston said, I think you're going to make this. Like, that is the NFL 2018 season in a nutshell. You miss an extra point, you miss a 40-yarder to win. So true. And then you hit a 59-yarder, and you're the Buccaneers, and you're 3-3, and and you're right in the mix of things. Crazy Mm. game. Catanzaro's mom. Big fan of the show. Is she? Oh, great. Judy Canizzaro, hello. Good morning football to Mrs. C. Take a uh, guess. What do you think? Judy, I said Judy. I know it. That's why I'm not answering because I should know it. Sorry. I think it starts with a G. Lydia! Georgia! It's not Lydia. Uh, Gwendolyn. You know how wild this NFL season's been if I'm going to double down on kickers. You're talking a kicker, and so will I. And I don't want to show the footage quite yet. Instead, I just want to obviously say that some some things we take for granted, like even this trip, right? Here we are in beautiful London. Like, let's really enjoy it. And we've taken Justin Tucker for granted. This is a guy who's never, where am my single, never missed a field goal of 33 yards or less ever, ever in his career. He had... 222 extra points made without a miss. That was his record. So this was a this was mailed in. This game was done mm. yesterday. Now we can show the clip, of course, because Justin Tucker misses an extra point what for the first time in 220. Ah. This is going on. I said, well, that game's done. Game, whatever. He's the most accurate kicker in NFL history. That is not hyperbole. That is true. He's made 90% of his field goals. And this isn't just Justin Tucker missing the kick. This is the Chargers winning a game in the final seconds. This is Julio Jones not scoring a touchdown yet this season. This is a game going into overtime for Seven straight weeks. This is the drunkenness of the NFL season personified. <laughs> by the NFL went to the pub, Kay. Yep. That face. The face is the money. Oh, though. that face. That's the waiter at the restaurant the other day when Nate asked if they have any A1. He goes, <laughs> You did that? Of course. I want some more sauce. Nobody, uh, I don't blame sauce? it. Nate, like, you need more sauce. Yeah. Um, uh, let me shout out dripping. to uh, Gabby Kettenzara, wherever you are. I'll but, um, guys, come on. No, why not? I don't know what the name I'm just yeah, guessing. I'll, 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 Gertrude. I'm doing, I'm Gertrude. doing a deeper dive. My, uh, my wife, Brooke, is joining me here in London the last, in, the next, in the next few days. All she wants is to go to high tea. High tea. So I have to get a reservation for high yeah. tea. And the rest of the AFC needs to get a reservation for the AFC title game because there's only one seat available. The Patriots are going to it. One seat available because now they're getting the ridiculous plays. The Bears are supposed to tie this game on a Hail Mary. The completed Hail Mary non-touchdown factor is very, very rare. (laughs) It's a really incredible thing that happened is that, so we've seen it, Trubisky throws it as far as he can. And of all people, the incredible story of Kevin White who gets stopped at the six inch line. Any other situation, you score, we're going to overtime, you're at home. I don't care if they lost Sonny Michelle, I know what matters. I don't care if they were out Gronk. When the Patriots start making the crazy wild plays, you know they have it going on. And I say this in a country that has struggled with Patriots in the past. So I understand it's sort of fitting. One reservation left for high tea in the AFC. Only here to get revolutionary war humor. I got him for days. Just here on Good Morning Football. Check out our view. People think it's not real, huh? There's a conspiracy theory that we're still in New York and this is green screen. The trade deadline's fast approaching and moves are already going down. Let's find out what dream trades the breakfast table would like to see go down before next week. What is one deal that you would like to see get done before that trade deadline? The Packers go to the Rams this week, and it is tied for the biggest underdog that Aaron Rodgers has ever been in his career. It's eight and a half points. He was once at Seattle, eight and a half. Eight and a half points, biggest in his career. Aaron Rodgers needs firepower. Aaron Rodgers needs it fast. And as an NBA enthusiast, I think he understands the power of a trio. Aaron Rodgers, 
Devontae Adams, Le'Veon Bell. Ooh! Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Le'Veon Bell. He's never had a superstar. He's never had a running back and do that in the passing game. I think it would work. I think what I would do, I'd trade a second-round pick and Ty Montgomery okay. to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Le'Veon Bell and take a run at this thing in the north and unleash a superstar. I love the Devontae Rodgers, Le'Veon. Unbelievable talent, star power. Okay. That's the one I want to see. Is it a second-rounder and Ty Montgomery that equals fair. Le'Veon? Really? Late in the game, wow. I think that's fair. Yeah. Steelers got nothing for him now, right? Yeah, I like it. I dig. Right. I like to address needs when it comes to trade. So I'm thinking, where are the needs for certain teams? Looking at Saints, seems like they have everything, right? Offensively, defensively, they have the young superstars. But they're 28th in sacks. So what can they do to add to that defense that can help want? them with the sacks? I'm saying they get Calais Campbell, right? Okay. From the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. That way you can have Cam, Jordan, and also move the young fella, Marcus Davenport, around him, and That's they can get after quarterback. That sounds scary. Now, what are what the Jags going to get? Jags are going to get Teddy Bridgewater Ooh. in the second rounder. Right? Like the, quarterback, okay. the quarterback position for the Jags. Wait, you should What's be a GM. What's going on? Because we're sitting here trying to figure out, is Blake Bortles the reason? Okay, I've been on Blake Bortles. I've been high on him, but he hasn't been playing well. Let's figure this out. Now you get Teddy Bridgewater for a great price, and he is your future in a second-round pick to match. Clayus Campbell still has two years on his deal, so we'll be able to teach some of these young guys on that defense side of the ball for the Saints. That right there works for everybody. Oh, man. Teddy Bridgewater, new quarterback for the Jags. Blake, I love you, but you're not playing so well right now. Yeah, I thought about it from a needs perspective sort of like you, but then I thought about what I would just really like to see and who I haven't seen get a ring and all of that stuff. So I'm going to move Larry Fitzgerald oh, because oh, they wow. trade. Yeah, no, talk, I know he, you he, will, he will always be loved there. But listen, this team is one and six. It is time to move on and get you some hardware, Larry, and I'm going to put him on the, the New Orleans Saints. The Saints! Oh. Yeah, because that's my Super Bowl pick, obviously. They just lost Ted Ginn. Can you imagine Larry Fitzgerald in the slot next to camp guard Mike? With Drew? Yeah. With Drew throwing yeah. him the ball. You pair him with Drew Brees, and this is the Expendables. This is Las Vegas. This is like two dudes, right. you know, going into the sunset for one last time together. That's yeah. what I want to see. Okay, okay. I love it. Okay. I love it. I'm staying with Arizona here. I'm thinking Patrick Peterson. You know, his cousin, Brian McFadden, came out, said he wants to go to the Saints. He wants to be traded. Deadline's coming up. Steve Wilkes yesterday said, Peterson, not going anywhere. Nowhere. I think he maybe should, and I got a team. The defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia. Ooh. Talk about it. They need it. They need it, Peter. If you've watched the fourth quarter of either last week's game against Carolina where they gave up an unspeakable 21 points in the fourth and 200 yards oh, yeah. from Cam Newton, no one could stop the pass. If you watched two weeks ago against the Titans when on a fourth and 15 play, the cornerbacks are playing 20 yards oh, deep and letting the first down happen. There it is. To send Patrick, this play right here is a heartbreaker. Patrick Peterson to the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles have guys like Dexter McDougal and Avante Maddox playing big spots on the back end. Send Patrick Peterson, maybe the best cornerback in all of football, Mm. to the Philadelphia Eagles for the Eagles' first-round pick. I know Howie Roseman is a a dealing man. Uh I know Howie Roseman Uh went and got Jay Ajayi last year and helped propel them. I think Howie Roseman is not done. I think Patrick Peterson would be the perfect fit. Patrick Peterson to Philadelphia. Let them get that thing going. Hey, let them, can, okay, we Arizona Cardinals can we get some of this? Can we get some of this? Deal with it. We all love a great play, but this week GMFB talked about a different kind of play. Let's hear the breakfast table give NFL storylines the Shakespearean twist with a little bard knocks. I don't get it. Oh, because bar, I still don't get it. We've seen a lot of historic sights the last couple of days, but none caught our attention more than Shakespeare's Globe Theater, where the legendary bard himself staged many of his most famous works. Mm. Welcome back. 
We here at Good Morning Football love a good play. So since we love to put on a performance, we've all recreated some of Shakespeare's finest work with an NFL twist. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Bordnox! Hey, Bordnox! Bordnox! Nathaniel Burleson III, why don't you start us off with a Shakespearean sonnet? just for the audience. Cheers, me good mate. All right, here we go. One of my favorite storylines is what's happening with the Dolphins, all right? With Ryan Tannehill being sidelined from injury, Brock Osweiler handed the keys to the Dolphins' kingdom um, and a bit of a quarterback controversy. So, for my Shakespeare play, I thought I'd tell a story about a king who is trying to find the next leader for his kingdom. Um, with no further ado, here is a reading from King Oswalier. Ah, Oswalier. I will be playing the role of Ryan Tannehill. And here we go. <laughs> Unhappy that I am, I cannot heave a ball into his hands. I love your victories. Following my injury, no more, no less. Good, my Brock. You have begot me, bred me, loved me. I return those duties. Back up or right fit. Obey you. Love you, and most back up you. <laughs> Why have the fins if they say Brocktober? As they don my 17, the fin who wears my jersey, half my snaps with him, half my yards and TDs. <laughs> sure, my shoulders shall continue to ache. I shall return to the field once more. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I love tracking the 12 different accents. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's up and down. Thank you. Cheers. Fully, Cheers, fully Nate will steal this hat yes. and wear this in New York City. It'll be on a red fully. carpet sometime. Believe that. I thought all this just came from Nate's closet. It's, not, it's real Nate's real clothes. Oh, man. <laughs> Ms. Adams, please, will you do us the honor? I will go next. Uh, listen, we're all going to be at the Jags-Eagles game this Sunday here in London at Wembley. We cannot wait. One of the most intriguing stories is between Blake Bortles and Cody. Kessler, who would have thought, right? It reminds me of a play about two friends who fall in love with the same girl, but in this version, we have two quarterbacks who both fall in love with the same starting spot. So for my performance, I'll be doing a scene from the two gentlemen from Saxonville, between huh. Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler. I'll be Blake Bortles. Kyle, would you do me the honor of being Cody Kessler? Of course I will. That's fine. Just don't do that spitting thing that they do in the actual thing. Oh, it's I, disgusting. I it will kill you. I've seen that. No okay, problem. Good. Thank no you. Killing. Ready? No killing. Yes, let's and do it. Not yet. <sighs> To be a starter, where scorn is brought with groans, Cody looks with hearts or sighs, one fading moment's mirth with seven watchful, weary, tedious nights. If happily won, perhaps a starting job. If lost, why then, a possible trade, however, but a job bought with tutties, love a tutty, <laughs> or else a job by fumbles, relinquished. <laughs> Oh. So by your circumstance, you call me a backup. So by your circumstance, I feel you'll prove. Tis Marone, you cavalette. I'm not Marone. Marone. Marone is your master. He masters you, and is and he is that for you by a backup. Me thinks you should not be chronicled for wise. Marone. Marone. Wow, Kay got into it. Kay got into it. Nice job, Adams. Well done. <laughs> One more time. Roses, roses, come on. Relinquished. Morrow! Yes. With a dab. With a dab. Morrowed. Shakespeare dabbed. All right, Peter. Peter, what do you got? It's on you. Bring us home. Perhaps there was no bigger storyline this week. I'm reading it in an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> than the reshaping of the Raiders roster by new head coach John Gruden. Everyone who's in is out. 
As the leader of the Raiders for at least the next decade, Gruden is a ruling of the organization, and he's doing it with an iron fist. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to use the word tyrant, but he's a tyrant consumed by power, okay. which is about as Shakespearean as it gets. Instead of Richard III, I will bring you Gruden the first. All right, here we go. So here's my soliloquy performed by Mr. Chucky himself, Richard III. Now is the season of our discontent made ominous by the son of Davis and all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the black hole. Now are our rosters bound with nervous players. Our defense hung up for, given already with bruised monuments. Our stars changed to hopeful draft picks. Our stadium will be moved to Las Vegas. Grim visage losses hath revealed our true talents, and now instead of raising up Lombardies to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, we trade nimbly in a front office chamber to the lascivious playing of an autumn wind. Oh my God. But I, that am not shaped for supportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous public review. Hey, Peter! You found it! I got there. Found that started to feel good? I got there. It felt good. Richard the Third. Richard the Third. Oh my God. It's all crippled up. Right. Like, He's got a sword. He's got a sword. Everyone hates him. Oh, man. It, it, John Gruden, it turns out all right. I think you win here. It doesn't turn out that good. <laughs> Richard the Third, it ain't that good. All right, all right, all right. Richard III doesn't end well. I'll wrap things up. Let's get right to my monologue. I'm going to talk about the ultimate Shakespearean drama, and that is officiating. Officiating, oh, right? Yeah. Will I read something from McRef, or will it be Taming of the Crew? No. I'll go with the ultimate. No. <clears throat> TD... Or not, TD? That is the question, whether tis nobler on the field to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous calls or to raise arms against a sea of officials and by opposing end them to cry, to weep no more and to whistle we end the heartache and the thousand what is a catch cries that refs are heir to. Tis an officiation devoutly to be wished to reverse, to uphold, to score, and chance to win. Aye, that's the rub. For in that final quarter, oh my God. what results might come when coaches have thrown the flag of challenges must give us pause. There's the review that makes the calamity of so long life. Yes. Bravo! Bravo! Thank you. Thank you. Oh, On behalf oh, of all of us, the oh, cast oh, Come on, bring it in, everybody. Bring it in. And down. And then and we bring out the sand down and again. Someone throw me roses. The orchestra pit, please. They are the real heroes. Thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us at GMFB, have a good morning and also a great day. <laughs>